Crime is on the rise nationwide. Many reports attribute rising crime to the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. In fact, a recent report by the National Commission on COVID-19 and Criminal Justice reported that homicide rates increased by 29% in 2020 versus 2019, and aggravated assault rose by 10% for the same reporting period. While we do not deny the likelihood of COVID-19 playing a significant role in rising crime trends, Crime Stoppers of Houston's very own Director of Victim Services and Victim Advocacy, Andy Kahn, has noticed a shocking correlation in rising crime trends that we cannot turn a blind eye to. Today, on our very first episode of Season 2 of The Balanced Voice, we welcome Andy and expert contributor Jennifer Homan to discuss felony bond reform in Harris County. Last year, Andy noticed a peculiar trend occurring in which repeat violent offenders were being released on low bond, PR bond, or reduced bond, and in turn putting community members at increased risk of victimization or even death. Today, we sit down to discuss how this is affecting victims of human trafficking in particular in recognition of National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. I'm Sydney Zyker, executive producer here at the Balanced Voice podcast, and we're so glad you're here. Let's jump into today's balanced conversation that offers real solutions about this week's topic, human trafficking. Here's your host, Renya Mancarios. Welcome to season two of the Balanced Voice podcast. January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and we know that across the country in major cities, we are seeing rising crime rates. So we wondered, how does this affect victims and survivors of human trafficking? With us today is our expert contributor, Jennifer Homan. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Rania. And Andy, and our very own Andy Kahn, Crime Stoppers' very own Andy Kahn. Good morning, Andy. Hey, honored to be here. We will be discussing Andy's findings. We've been talking about felony bond reform all year and the repeated release of violent felony offenders. So we're going to be looking into that and then looking at how this actually is affecting human trafficking cases and victims and survivors. So let's just dive in. Andy, let's start with you. Tell us, give us a recap of what you've been doing, who you are, and what you're doing with Crime Stoppers of Houston. Okay. First of all, is, is my hair okay? Yeah, it's it looks good, Andy. I was going to say I'm you just, started the new year I'm with just, a new look. I, I did. Look at that. See how perfectly I got this tune on this. Well, I, I tell you, you know, Rania, I've been doing this. I've been a victim advocate now. God, I'll, I'll age myself almost 30 years now. Now, I was with the mayor's office for close to 20 years with the Houston Police Department and thankfully ended up at uh, where I was meant to be at Crime Stoppers of Houston. We started looking at cases, particularly murder cases, and I started noticing a trend when I started looking at defendants charged with murder. And I started looking into their case history, and I noticed that a lot of them were already out on bond when they were charged with the murder. So I went back and I started looking at cases in 2019, even a few of 2020. And then in 2020, it just absolutely boomed. Now, whether it was due to COVID or a variety of things, I don't know. But I can tell you right now, 83 people have been murdered, killed by defendants who've been released on multiple felony bonds, PR bonds, known as personal recognizance bonds. There was motion to revoke their bonds because they violated their bond conditions, but the motion was, wasn't approved by the court, or they were in bond forfeiture, meaning they never even bothered to show up. Of those 83, 51 have so far occurred in the year 
2020. So people are paying the price for felony bond reform. And you and you and I remember we were talking about this. We supported misdemeanor bond reform. I don't think I don't think anybody would, you know, not support misdemeanor bond reform. But what we don't support is what we are seeing with habitual and in many cases violent offenders who are repeatedly being granted bond only to reoffend time and time again. And so, Andy, let's just put this in very simple terms, because one of the questions I get asked a lot is you guys keep talking about felony bond reform. You keep talking about misdemeanor bail reform, and people don't even understand what we're talking about at the core. So what we're simply saying is that once arrested, you are brought before a judge or a magistrate who has the option to keep you in jail or to release you after you pay a fee. Is that correct? And that is your bond or bail. And what they're doing is releasing you often um, with you paying nothing or paying a very, very, very nominal amount, an amount that really anyone off the streets can pay so that you are not held um, in what now they're saying goes against, you know, the Constitution. It's a it's a, a new understanding, I think, of the Eighth Amendment. And, um, you know, what we're seeing as a result of that is that very violent people, people who would have never been given that option, like in a capital murder case, um, you know, never, ever been even given the option to be released, are being released on $50, $100. And, and, and is that a good, is that a fair summary? It is. And then let me expand on that. It used to be if you were charged with a capital murder, you're entitled to a bond. That's that's your constitutional right. So let's just make that clear. It, you, the only way you can get a, a no bond is actually a capital murder charge. But we're not seeing that anymore. It used to be astronomically high, almost impossible to get a bond on a capital murder case. That's not happening now. I've seen capital murder bonds as low as fifty to seventy-five thousand. I've never seen that in thirty some odd years. I've never seen, I want to say over twenty-five capital murder de- no, actually there was thirty capital murder defendants who's actually been released on bond. We had one case on a capital murder case who was released on bond and was a, mur- a charged with a murder of a 16-year-old who's now rearrested and charged with yet another capital murder, this of an 11-year-old boy. I have never seen anything like this it's, in 30 years. It's unbelievable. And, and let's bring Jen into the conversation. But before we do, let me just say one thing. Crime Stoppers is tough on crime. We've always been tough on crime. We also never, there's no tolerance for wrongful convictions. There's no tolerance for police brutality. But there is this narrative and there's no but. That's just an end of a sentence. There is this narrative though that there's some type of social justice to be afforded to these to these people who commit these violent felony offenses and that we need to show them grace. And until they're proven guilty, you know, they need to be free on the streets. But I think that's a false sense of social justice, because really what we're doing is releasing them back into the community to continue to commit violent offenses that often escalate. And ultimately, these will end up in their deaths or life behind bars. So it's not really grace. It's not really um, social justice. It's it's this false story that really just hurts everybody. So let's bring Jen into the conversation. Jen, we've worked with you for a very long time. You're the found, co-founder of Houston 20. You're the founder of Fight for Us. Um, you know, everyone who knows you knows that this is not your full-time job, but you're an oil and gas executive, but you've found it important to, to fight for victims of human trafficking, to ask 
and work with Crime Stoppers to have Andy look at this repeat, this felony bond reform, this repeated release of violent felony offenders and how it, it interfaces with victims of human trafficking. Why is that an interest to you? Well, well, I, I, at first, you probably need to get the team. I'm going to try not to, but we'll probably get the team ready to bleep me multiple times. But I'm going to try to keep the bleeps to the minimum. This, this, I like this podcast. Okay. <laughs> Don't encourage me, Andy. Um, so, you know, there's one sentence or there's one statement I have to say is this is important because who wants to tell that 10 year old's parents that their child wasn't worthy enough to keep that person either in jail because they potentially have a probability of, of harming someone else or even give them a high enough bond to make them rethink ever re doing something else to someone else. Does that make sense? I mean, it just, that's all you need to say is, at what point does someone's life who's been taken worthy enough for retribution or at least caution around allowing someone else to get out? For victims of human trafficking, what you're saying is if usually when when the DA pulls a case and goes up you know, and says they're going to take a case, they've got an, they've got some level of evidence that says that person needs to be charged. So it's not like you're just presumed guilty immediately. There's a level of, of information that's been given to the D district attorney's office of who we all voted, of who vote, was voted in to say there's enough evidence to charge them and then set a bond or charge them and put them in jail for a little bit to, to make sure we have caution. To a victim of human trafficking, what it says is if you're willing to speak out that you've been offended by someone like that, been purchased by someone like that, been murdered, been hurt by some a violent crime, you're saying their voice is not enough to just even produce a little amount of caution. And so that's, and then what that did then does on a mass level is continuously tell victims speaking up isn't good. Speaking up isn't gonna get you anything. Speaking up isn't gonna get you retribution or avenge the, the pain that's been given to you. And so, and that all deals with the level of trauma that we have to fix and, and help within rehabilitation or restoration services. And so it's just like a ripple effect. Hey, Jen, can I ask, let me ask you a quick question. Do you have yeah. any idea how many defendants who've been charged with human trafficking related offenses are currently out on bond? Andy, I can only imagine it's hundreds, but I'm sure you're about to tell me and it's going to scare the living hell out of me. Well, wait, I'm going to pause you, Andy, because okay. we're going to stop for a short break. But when we come back, Andy, I want you to answer that question and actually share um, a horrific case that has yet to be shared with the public. You're going to share it to, with us when we return in a moment. Thanks, guys. We'll be right back. This Balanced Conversation is made possible by Brigitte and Bashar Kalai, Hallie Vanderheider, Sippy and AJ Karana, and Deepwater Productions. If you're interested in furthering our mission of facilitating balanced conversations, offering real solutions, contact us at thebalancevoicepodcast.com. This is real life, real world right here. This is what happens, actually. You know, what I did was getting back to what Jen was talking about when you were talking about Ron, you know, I've taken a look at the murder cases, but I wanted to expand into the human trafficking related offenses. So we actually got a list from the Harris County district clerk's office, which we're perusing through right now. I can tell you there's over 200 names in the last few years of defendants charged with human trafficking related offenses. And we're breaking them down into three categories. Those that are remained in custody, those who've already been released on bond. And there are some that we're still actively looking for that have warrants out for the arrest. And then we're taking it a step further because, and I'll give you a great example right here. These are just some of the paperwork that we've pulling right here. 
but there's this one guy and we'll go ahead and talk about it. And this will be the first time we're going to go ahead and do that. There's a defendant by the name of Darren Scott. And what kind of made Darren stand out to me was he is currently out on not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. I got to go into another hand, six, seven, eight, nine bonds. Oh my God. Of which nine of those, eight of those are felony bonds. And the offenses range from there's two counts of trafficking of, of children. There's compelling prostitution, several counts. There's trafficking of persons continuous. There's stalking. There's violation of protective order, retaliation. He had just served a two-year sentence for aggravated robbery and aggravated kidnapping in Galveston. And here's the two... Here's the coup de grace. I contacted the Galveston District Attorney's Office yesterday to get clarification. And I, all I did was say his name and said, we know who you're talking about. And they have a warrant out for his arrest right now for evading arrest. And I said, well, we're about to posterize Darren Scott. So something tells me he'll end up back in custody right now. But he was out on bond for five felony cases. And the bond's let me tell you, so astronomically low, each case was 5000 which is about the minimum bond you can have for a violent felony. So he's out on the five felony bonds, and then he's charged with two other cases. Now, he hit the big time on the last two cases. He got a, actually a $150,000 bond, which is major league. So you think, okay, that's going to keep him in custody? Uh-uh. He's back out on bond again. So he made all the bonds, including two hundred fifty thousand. So he's out on nine right, bonds. Let's talk, Andy, about because Andy, because they're making the two hundred fifty thousand dollars on pimping a exactly. child. Exactly, that's exactly so, Jen. What I was going to so say. One hundred fifty thousand dollar flipping it's ass comfy. bond. Believe me now, is a ten percent of one hundred fifty thousand dollar bail. They only have to pay ten percent. They're getting out on fifteen grand. It's in his pocket. Cash it's, he's, he's carried that to, in jail with him, and it's probably in the in the little safe that they take when they take all of his money and his valuables. It's he's, crazy. He's been on repeated bonds starting in July of 19. And, of course, he was locked up for two years, so he wasn't able to commit any crimes. Imagine that. There's a novel approach right there. So now he's back out on nine felonies, so you got a total of about $340,000 worth of bonds. And like you said, that's chump feed, right? That's and just, you know what's so that's just one. That's just one. Andy has pulled 200 cases. This is one person in a nonprofit organization doing the incredibly important work for the sake of victims and families. But, you know, what's so frustrating is that law enforcement has made arrests. Victims have suffered. But the ball has been dropped at the very point where we everyone should feel like, okay, great now we're in good hands. And that's the exact nexus of where the ball is dropped. So people should be furious and people should be asking why. But then Jen, on the flip side, to your point earlier, how do victims speak up when these people are going to be released over and over and over again and feel empowered to come back with a vengeance because nothing ultimately can happen to them anymore? Renya, out of the 67 children I have helped exit this life and get away from pimps, I can tell you almost at least a quarter within 24 hours I've lost because the pimp is sitting right there circling the family's home 
trying to figure out what center they've been gone to and to pick them right back up or force or pressure, coercion, fraud, or force to go back because they're, so it's like, it's almost like, I mean, it brings you to tears because you're telling those two children that he offended and sold, sexually exploited, sold their bodies in hotels to men and women that are willing to purchase them like slaves and that it's okay for them to keep doing it. Sorry, but you have to believe me, but it's, it's enraging. The community needs, it's either, look, you can arrest them all day long, but the DA has got to ask for the highest level of bond that can be ever gotten. And you have that judge has to follow through or the community needs to vote these people out. It's not okay. Well, here's one thing that, here's one thing that we used to see. And this is a classic example, the case that I just brought up. It used to be years ago, it was one bond per customer. And if you were out on a bond, a felony bond, and then you were charged with another felony, you've pretty much have said, I'm not going to abide by my rule. So, and that was it. You were taken back into custody. Yeah. The, obviously that's not happening. So this guy, theoretically in the old times, you know, which was maybe five years ago, he wouldn't have been out to continue to commit these offenses. That's what we're not seeing. So we, as community stakeholders, as leaders, as people with voices, people who care, what can we be doing? You know, we know what Crime Stoppers is doing. Andy, what you're doing is unbelievable. Jennifer, what you're doing through the Houston, you know, through Houston 20 and all of the different organizations you're associated with and have created. What is your call to action for everybody? And you know, we're going you go to have to yeah. seek legislative changes yeah. because it's not going to happen locally. It's pretty obvious because the, the local officials, public officials, elected officials, and certainly the district court judges, it pretty much have been silent on this issue. So we do anticipate legislation to be filed. It's probably going to happen within the next week or so to deal with the issue of continually releasing particularly violent offenders, repeatedly out on felony bond. Wait, and Jen, before you answer, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back with your answer. So give us a minute, everybody. We'll be right back. Crime Stoppers is proud to join organizations around the nation in recognizing National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Our expert today, Jennifer Homan, co-founded the Houston 20 and hashtag fight for us, two organizations working hand in hand to fight human trafficking. To learn about upcoming legislation and how to get involved in your community, check them out at fightforus.org. And you asked a good question. What can the community do in regard to this issue? The least that we could do, right? The very minimal, which is, doesn't take a very little effort. It takes very little effort is to reshare Andy's information. Facebook, share, simple. To let the mass understand the problem which we face. So one, because we have to know, recognize and know the problem. Number two, if you care, you need to understand a little bit more detail the issue we're facing, who is voting what, how it's being done, and what legislation is and is not in place to prevent this from continuing. And then three, if you want to take it up a notch and be an active community leader and ensure and help that make sure it doesn't happen to your child, you have to engage with us. You have to lobby you have to talk to leg- your legislators. You have to work with the nonprofits so that you can advocate for the things and, and the changes they want. And, and that's really the only way that, because we outnumber the bad guys or the bad girls, bad girls, bad guys, whatever it is, we outnumber them. But the problem is our complacency and our silence 
leads them to have a bigger voice and bigger advocacy on their own. And so it's just speak up. It's just rise up. Take a little bit of time away from your watching TV or reading a book or whatever to advocate for safety in the community. I mean, that's that's as simple. I can give you from very little to a lot that you could do. In terms of advocacy, Jen, I think understanding the issues is really critical. And I'll give you one small example as we get close to wrapping up, unfortunately. But, you know, uh, earlier, uh, a memo was released written by the Dallas Police Department, and it was released prematurely, but it was clearly something they were thinking about. And and in, and in it, they were saying there were various issues that they were going to pull Dallas re- police from responding to, car break-ins, car theft. One of them was... Um, child issues, kids who run away. And so I just posted on Instagram, you know, what do we think of this? Like, should police respond to a runaway child or or not? And the amount of um, messages I got from people that thought my question was so ridiculous and insincere and, and really setting people up for failure that obviously we all care for children, but police really don't need to get involved when a, and a kid runs away. And why can't we just let social services work on this? And now not everything has to be law enforcement. I appreciated the emotion. I appreciated the fact that they took time to write, but it was all based in incorrect information. And so I responded to a few of them with the simple information that we at Crime Stoppers sit on a statewide call with all stakeholders, leaders, and every type of child welfare issue you can think of, from hunger to truancy to sexual assault to abuse at home. And all of these agencies will say, our hands are tied until police, there's a police report. So now, if you want to start by saying we need to defund the police or move police out or increase social services, and you're going to start by saying we're going to remove police from these types of issues, runaway children's abuse of children, how are all these agencies going to get involved? Because well, well, you're, you're, you're killing us, right? You're, you're, you're us. killing your own child. You're killing us because almost every case I've been involved with, at first, in the beginning, they are classified as runaways. Right. And not, and 99% of the time, it's because either law enforcement is still learning about run, the runaway is truly potentially a victim of trafficking. They've been lured and groomed online to actually leave their home, the comfort of their home to go out in the wilderness or the, the cold or whatever it is out there. I mean, that nine times out of 10, it is absolutely they've been designated as a runaway. And you know what? You're going to say that you're going to respond and say, oh, they shouldn't get involved in runaways until your child's missing. And then when it's your child missing, I'll be damned if you don't give me a phone call and find every private investigator or any vigilante to go out, a positive vigilante, to go out and try to find your kid. So put yourself in those shoes and see what it's like to sleep overnight with your kid as a runaway when you potentially know that on social media they've been groomed and lured online to leave and enticed through force, fraud, and coercion. Then then say runaways aren't worth law enforcement getting involved. You have a lot more power than you think. And you have people that you vote to represent you. And basically, the way I've always said is they work for you. Start making them work for you. You know, I've had an adage for 30 years, crime victims are the only unwilling participants in the criminal justice system. It's the least we can do to make sure their rights, their due process, their well-being is looked after just like defendants are. I can't go back and change what happened to you or your family But if we make things better for others to come along, then you've achieved a lasting legacy. And that's what most of the legislative work that we do. There's always a catalyst, something that's gone wrong. And so instead of just yelling and screaming about the injustice of the world, 
I would much prefer to find solutions and remedies. That's what positive change is about. I agree, Andy. And on that note, we're asking the community to join us this year. Um, we'll be working on the legislative side. We'll be working with our law enforcement partners. We'll be working with our community partners, tackling really difficult issues that, whether we realize it or not, affect us all. And at the end of the day, we have to have a heart for the well-being and the safety of, of everybody in our community. So thank you for joining us. Follow the work of Crime Stoppers. Follow the work of Andy. Follow Jennifer Holman. Follow me. Share the information. That helps tremendously. We thank you all. We'll see you next time on the Balanced Voice Podcast. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to today's Balanced Conversation. You can find real solutions and tangible resources in our show notes at thebalancevoicepodcast.com. To join the conversation, follow us on Instagram at thebalancevoicepodcast and on Twitter at balancevoice underscore. Stay up to date on Renya's work by following her at The Renya Report. And we can't wait to see you next week for another Balanced Conversation.